And Nancy, I know, knows Todaraba. Todaraba. I know a few words, but it, it's random. I know Luchashuv. I know certain things. I know you say Labriut when somebody sneezes. How do you say <laughs> I love you? I don't know. Mm. Amir, this is so sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Say Ani, 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 Ohevet, Ohevet, Otcha, Otcha. I think we're warmed up. <clears throat> This is the WellTech podcast with Galit Horowitz and Amir Alroy. So, what's the first thing we think about when we hear the word wellness? Many will respond: yoga, Pilates, massage, and meditation. Where in fact, wellness is a lot more than that. Wellness is the active pursuit of activities, choices, and lifestyles that lead to a state of holistic health. Wellness has many different aspects to it, which include physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, social, and environmental relationships. This pursuit is an individual one, meaning that we are responsible for our own choices and behaviors, but is also influenced by the environment around us and the social and cultural connections we have with the world. In the past few years, and especially since the beginning of COVID-19, we have been seeing an increase in the interest in wellness in general, and particularly in wellness technology. The wellness industry is continuing to expand, and technology is becoming an integral part of it. Wellness technology refers to the use of technology to promote healthy, physical, and mental practices to increase a person's quality of life. Amir and I identified the potential in the wellness technology sector a few years ago, and decided to establish Welltech Ventures, the first wellness-centric fund in Israel. We invest in wellness technology startups and define wellness in the broad sense of the word, from preventive medicine, remote care, fitness, nutrition, stress, sleep, sustainability, mind-body, and more. In this episode, we will talk to Susie Ellis, founder, chair, and CEO, and Nancy Davis, chief creative officer and executive director of the Global Wellness Institute and Global Wellness Summit, about this booming wellness industry. We will define wellness, talk about the connection between wellness and health, understand why going forward they will only get closer, discuss wellness trends and challenges, explore wellness tech, talk about the historic global wellness summit that is arriving to Israel, and realize that well-being is relevant to each and every one of us. So Susie, Nancy, welcome to Israel. Great to have you with us. It has been an amazing week together in Tel Aviv, planning the most prestigious summit in the wellness industry. Well, Galit and Amir, thank you um, for having us. And you have been great hosts. And we're excited to have this conversation today. Yes, thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here. Shalom. We're so happy and um, very, very, very excited to be back in Israel. Susie, I would like to go a bit backwards and... To ask you what exactly is wellness in your eyes because this is something all of four of us you know get this question it has all kinds of definitions and as the founder uh, chairman and CEO of the Global Wellness Summit and the Institute uh, we'd like to know what you think well we have that question a lot also and so I'm going to give you two definitions one is the official definition of From our Global Wellness Institute uh, and our researchers. And then I'm going to give you my definition, which is a one-word definition, which I think is easier to remember. So the researchers um, use the term wellness as the active pursuit of activities, choices, and lifestyles that lead to a state 
of holistic health. And the emphasis is that it's an active pursuit. That's what wellness is about. It's doing something. It's being active towards holistic health. I have found that the best way to explain wellness, and yes, there are different definitions, which we're fine with, uh, is that if you look at a a circle, or maybe the yin-yang symbol, which we use. There's healthcare, which a lot of people understand. That's medical, people going to the doctor, being um, uh, treated with, you know, whether it's um, uh, pharmaceuticals or surgery or lifestyle changes, whatever. There's there's the medical um, avenue towards um, health. But then there's the self-care, and that's when people themselves make an effort to be healthier. And so my definition um, of wellness is self-care, what people themselves do. And it can be exercise, eating healthfully, getting a massage, uh, working on mindfulness, doing yoga. So uh, to me, wellness is self-care. I just want to answer the question of what is wellness with my one word, which is grandchildren. <laughs> and, um, and I want to say, too, that... Um, you know, we have been as an organization very good at spotting trends. And I will just say hats off to Susie, who has led this for, I mean, probably close to 20 years, um, finding the trends, identifying the trends in the industry and being able to be a champion for them. And the medicine and wellness trend. Um, you know, I remember in 2017 at a summit at the Breakers in Palm Beach, we had a wedding. We put on a wedding where we did the the marriage of medicine and wellness. And it was um, really, really fun. And a really, and people made toasts, you know, used to date, then they went steady. Is it time to get married? And I think now is probably the time to get married. And maybe it was a little premature. And I also want to say that the um, under the auspices of the Global Wellness Institute, our nonprofit, we have the wellness moonshot. And it took a wellness organization to launch a moonshot whose mission is a world free of preventable disease. And I think we see that it's through wellness that people will take on these kinds of challenges. We brought together doctors, medical professionals, senior leading, leading minds in, medic in medicine from all over the world and wellness professionals from all over the world. And Amir, you, you WellTech, adopted the moonshot for Israel. We had the moonshot adopted in China, the moonshot adopted in India. And people brought that message to the world. And we are continuing to do that. And we have some very special announcements at this summit about the moonshot that we will be making as well. But I think we have really been leaders in bringing those things together in a context that is aspirational and inspirational. I think if you tell people, you really ought to get your blood check, you know, your blood pressure checked, they'll be like, mm, yeah, okay. But if you make it, you know, fun and interesting and compelling in some way, then I think you capture the audience you want to capture. So I happen to be in Mexico City and for the first time in the Global Wellness Amazing Summit, I was the first Israeli to be there. I had the privilege to meet Susie and Nancy, and then it was a moment, it was an eye-opener when I understood it's a very, very big industry. And that basically gave me confidence to do what I do today. About a year later, I met Nancy in Israel, in Jerusalem, 
And we, we had a plan and we hatched a plan to, to bring the summit for the first time to Israel, first time to the Middle East. And here we are. We do announce where the summit is going to be at the end of the previous summit. And I get to be the person that uh, walks around the ring of all the flags. And we usually have 70 or 80 flags. And nobody knows where the summit's going to be. And so they get kind of excited when I get close to their flag. And um, so I remember the year I was able to pull the Israeli flag. And um, there was kind of excitement and surprise, I think, because we had not been in the Middle East before. And, um, and here we are. And that's good. So finally, the summit is supposed to be in Israel. We had uh, a few delays because of COVID. So a third time is a charm. Knock on wood. We're very hopeful to have you here in a few months. What can you tell us about the summit in Israel? Well, I can tell you that the theme of the summit in Israel is open minds, open hearts, open for business. And I think that accurately describes what this event is going to bring and what people will bring to this event. They're going to bring their open minds as they always do, and we are going to expand those minds. That's something that we do at every summit with the thought leadership that we bring globally on a global scale. People are already committed um, to come from all over the world to Israel and to bring the latest cutting-edge ideas in the wellness industry to the stage. Open hearts, this is a country full of warmth and heart, and we want to bring that to life for our global delegates. We want, um, you know, we're going to do that through the culture, the multiculturalism. All the world's religions are here. And we're going to demonstrate that actually people live side by side here. This is not a country that is only about conflict. This is a country about community. Um, this is a country about compassion. And it is certainly a country about innovation. And open for business, there is no question that the world has Post, post, I want to say post-COVID, I, I don't know if we can say that yet, but um, we're a little bit past the worst part, I hope. And, um, and the wellness industry is really booming. A lot of it is booming because people are really paying attention to their personal well-being, their personal health. They're looking at ways to, um, you know, become healthier in their own lives. And so the industry is really on fire. I mean, it's really, there's a lot going on. So um, open for business, you bet. Susie, can you give us a little background on the Global Wellness Summit? I'd be happy to. Uh, this will be our 16th summit. So wow. um, it was started 16 years ago, and I'm happy to have been one of the co-founders. And uh, we started in New York. We had our first summit at the uh, Waldorf Astoria, and we modeled after the World Economic Forum, the idea of bringing together uh, CEOs, especially uh, leaders of companies, uh, to uh, think ahead in terms of what was happening in this world of, at that time, spa, hospitality, uh, tourism, and so on. And we weren't using the term wellness 16 years ago. That's something that has become um, much more, uh, uh, people are more aware of it now. And it's just been in the last 10 years, and in particular, the last five years. And uh, as you were saying, Amir, uh, you know, COVID 
yes, that has delayed our summit, but it's also been a plus. And that, you know, there have been some silver linings. And one of the silver linings, which is why I'm really glad we're doing the summit now, this year in 2022, rather than a couple of years ago, is that the whole world is much more aware of the importance of wellness, of self-care, not just medical, but also taking care of oneself. And so there's a lot of talk about uh, wellness in really almost any um, any arena. And I remember in Mexico City when you were there, Amir, that that was the summit in which we first presented the different sectors of wellness. And I think uh, that's important for people to know that wellness is actually something that's very broad. It includes physical activity. It includes nutrition and healthy eating. It includes personal care and beauty, wellness tourism. It includes wellness real estate, places where people live and wellness is the focus. It includes the spa industry, thermal and mineral springs, and uh, workplace wellness, and mental wellness, something that's very much on the minds of people post-COVID. So it's a $4.4 trillion uh, industry economy. And so it's 4.4 trillion. And that's what's gotten so many investors and governments and businesses paying attention, because consumers are paying a lot of money to participate in wellness activities. So our mission, uh, to your point, uh, is our mission is joining together, shaping the future. And uh, that's what we do with the Global Wellness Summit. And we uh, gathered first in Uh, New York at the Waldorf Astoria, and we've had 15 summits all around the world. We move to different places every year, and uh, and we also have a research institute, the nonprofit, that does the uh, economy reports of the figures, as well as research in other areas. So I guess you would say that we have helped galvanize the whole wellness movement, and and we're future-oriented, so we are now looking at the future. And so blending that with what's happening here in Israel is very exciting for us. So if you had to choose like one or two summits that are the most memorable, which would it be? I know that's like but, asking but tell people us to about choose the their Dalai favorite Lama. children, isn't it? <laughs> or maybe that's, moments, that's, maybe, maybe two or three moments. Two or three moments, okay. Well, for sure, the Dalai Lama in uh, India was a moment. Um, and that was my first summit. I've been with the organization 10 years and that was my first summit and it was miraculous and, um, having him speak and he, by the way, ran over at this right now, we keep everything on time to the minute, but I'm not sure even I would have thrown him off stage. (laughs) Um, and he was amazing and he stayed really late and he loved talking to everybody and everybody had questions for him and he is as wise and adorable as, um, as you would imagine. So that was really quite something. And I have to say, Amir, that the Mexico City Summit remains one of my all-time favorites, even though I have loved them all, um, because that was a summit with a lot of heart. Um, we had children on stage um, from the Instituto Thomas Jefferson. It was, um, it's, a, it's a school that teaches conflict resolution. And we had the children school the CEOs on how to resolve conflict. And it was really quite spectacular. I would say that was something. And also um, because we worked with uh, a very prominent person in Mexico City was one of the co-chairs. Um, she was able to have the government open the main museum, which is not ever closed 
to the public. Open it at night and let us have our gala there and have a presentation and a performance by the um, Ballet Folklorica. Um, which so there were there were astounding moments in Mexico City I think that are really remarkable. But I have loved really all the summits for different reasons in Austria, the the fresh air, the on the top of Hanukkah Mountain, um, you know, just the the Alps as the backdrop, extraordinary things in in every in every setting, and it's been an absolute privilege to be part of this. Earlier, you mentioned the conference hosting the Dalai Lama in India. Let's hear him with a few words of wisdom from there. Please welcome His Holiness with a thunderous applause and with all your affection and love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Respected brothers and sisters, I always, as a start, because my fundamental belief uh, is seven billion human beings, same human being, same right, same potential. Also, I think I may say seven billion, everybody have some kind of problems. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the very purpose of this meeting is how to solve, at least how to lessen these problems. Fairness, it seems I understand. <laughs> so important thing is wellness uh, in order to achieve happy life. Firstly, physical well-being is very important. Then wellness must include happy mind. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Can you say a few words about how health tech or health in general is interacting with wellness because something happened in the last few years between those two industries. Well, that's something I've been very passionate about. When we started 16 years ago, we were not very involved with the medical arena. We were actually the spa industry and hospitality, you know, on the self-care side. And the medical world was very much, you know, on the medical side. So they looked at spa, which later became wellness, as, um, you know, maybe it's not so evidence-based, um, not as rigorous, etc. But we saw that the consumer, that people out there were making choices, they didn't want to just go to the doctor and rely on the doctor for their health. They wanted to participate. And there were a lot of places that were making it possible for them to participate. So we were very clear that we felt that wellness and medical were two distinct um, directions that could work together, but that were distinct. And that was very valuable also for uh, countries to realize there is medical travel and there's wellness travel. And in medical, you have a lot of rules, regulations. Obviously, you need that. And then in wellness, you have also evidence-based, but it is more like yoga, maybe Ayurveda, you know, fitness, and the kinds of things people choose. Nowadays, and you're right, Amir, in the last few years, what has happened is that now there's a lot more respect from each arena for the other. And the medical arena, and I think that this happened with COVID, it was very obvious that the medical arena could not handle everything with 
with COVID, with, you know, what their resources were, that they needed to have help. And the consumer learned that if they were not healthy, they had much more risk with COVID, even death. And of course, the statistics show that people who were uh, very overweight, had diabetes, other conditions, were the ones at more risk, especially before the vaccine. So now there is more effort. And in fact, the coming together of medical and wellness is something we see as a trend. So I think that's what's interesting also about technology, because the technology can help bridge that. And uh, so it's an exciting field. And I think it's kind of early years. So, uh, or maybe I should say days, because things go so fast. Yeah. <laughs> hours, maybe yeah, even maybe hours. early hours. So um, that's exactly I, what we're seeing uh, in Wealthtech Ventures. We're seeing the convergence between health uh, and wellness and a lot of startups that are in the wellness industry, but however, do clinical trials and they're evidence-based. So just in general, like what are the main hurdles and challenges that you're seeing entrepreneurs are facing in the industry? Well, I think that, I mean, I always feel that marketing is a big, big hurdle because I see sometimes fantastic uh, product, but it does, it's not just enough to have a fantastic product. You have to get out there and uh, make it known. And so that's something I think we have done pretty well with the summit, uh, is that we bring all that together. And um, so then the mixture of people who are good at marketing and people who are, you know, the scientists or the medical people, you know, you need all of that. I, I'd like to bring up one company that's a perfect example, I think, of wellness and medical, and that is a company called Timeshifter. It is an app that helps people not have any jet lag when they travel. And it's all evidence-based. It was designed by NASA and and um, medical and Nancy. Harvard, yeah. yeah you know the... Mm -hmm. So it was designed, and in the wellness arena, when people travel, I mean, we always recommend people using it. I use it all of the time, which allows me to fly from Miami, where I live, to here and not have jet lag because this app, um, and Nancy, you know Mickey really well, so maybe you can talk about it, but that's an example of medical and wellness coming together in a tech way that is the future. So when we find something like that, you know, we help um, give it a springboard. In fact, they ended up in the New York Times because yeah. they came to our summit. Yeah, they they um, Time Shifter is an amazing thing. Mickey Byer Clausen is the CEO and um, co-founder of that, and it was developed um, with Harvard sleep scientists and NASA, and it was used first for astronauts, and it then became it. One of the things I like best about Time Shifter is its simplicity in terms of the technology. It is an incredibly simple app and it is based on circadian science, it's based on your exposure to light and it is remarkable. The entire time we have been in Israel, every meeting we go to, people think we're going to be exhausted. When did you fly in? When did you get here from New York? And we are absolutely without jet lag and we have every time we've traveled. So I agree, I think that's one of the best examples of science and medicine and wellness coming together through technology. And, and we used it, we gave it to everybody for our Singapore summit in 2019. And um, one of the very fun writers from the New York Times, who is a travel writer, who comes to our summits from New York, um, didn't believe it would work. 
she she decided she would do it and then she had to write an article for the New York Times because it worked and she was absolutely amazed. You know, the problem with preventable disease is that 70% of healthcare costs around the world have to do with things that could be preventable. That was a statistic that uh, the Surgeon General, the 17th Surgeon General, um, Dr. Richard Carmona, who's on our board, uh, said the second uh, summit that we did, which was also in New York, he said 70%, that's why he got out of medicine and went into more of a preventative, he's with Canyon Ranch now. And when I heard that statistic, I thought, that is incredible. There's almost nothing more important we can do in the world than help people get healthy and we'll save the money. So what I think we need is impact. And that's what I'm looking for from Israel. Because uh, yes, the wellness industry has grown. Yes, there's a lot of future. However, it's impact because behavior change is not so easy. And so now with technology, and it's going to be innovation, I think, that will take us to the next level. When we were in India, that's where we launched wellness tourism versus medical tourism. We brought forward wellness tourism, which is now talked about at the government level all over the world. I'm hoping that in Israel, uh, because of innovation and because of what we learn, how we're inspired, that we will have impact with more people globally. That's uh, So the world free of preventable disease will have more impact, not just be an inspirational idea or a moonshot we talk about. And that's a privilege of all of us, that we can do something we like and, and have lots of impact on, on the globe. So that's really uh, something very uh, important for us as well. In what other senses will tech and innovation you know, be uh, present in the summit? Because in the last few years, we have things like the reverse pitch and some demo days and competitions. So uh, the tech, when did the Global Wellness Summit basically you know, meet uh, the tech part of wellness? Well, I mean, it's been a part of it how long? I, has I it? think it's been gradual. I have to admit that I think the whole wellness world was a little late to coming to recognizing how important tech was. Um, so I think uh, it was a little bit, uh, in general, a lot of people in the wellness arena are not necessarily tech, uh, you know, superstars. But um, it didn't take long. I think maybe even when, you know, people in the spa and fitness industry needed to start booking online. They needed to get more involved with tech. Uh, now, I mean, now it's clear the future has to include tech at every level. Um, and, you know, I, I wanted to mention that the figures from our Global Wellness Institute show that in 2025, the economy, the wellness economy will be $7.7 .7 trillion. That is a huge number. And uh, so technology is going to help drive that. Um, and it's a global conversation. So I would say now, and you know, that's why we're excited about coming to Israel, because we need and want to put more spotlight on tech. So um, we're going to do that with your help. And so uh, it's become more and more important. Uh, but I would say we were a little late to the game. And I just want to turn the tables and ask uh, Amir and Galit, why is innovation such an incredible driving force in Israel? I think in Israel there is a very interesting mix <clears throat> of 
that you know, that basically the ecosystem is built out from. So you have the entrepreneurs, you know, the young people that come from the army that have some chutzpah. There you go. And you know, uh, chutzpah is a, is a key it's word. Key. You know, combine it with some very good academia, VC supports, the um, government support, the, the government support, the Israeli Intervention Authority, um, and this entrepreneurship spirit that you have here in this uh, quite complicated region. You need some survival, good survival instincts. So all of those together um, make Israelis very entrepreneur. And I think those entrepreneurs met or interacted with wellness lately, you know. So uh, Galit and I co-founded Weltech Ventures about three and a half years ago. In the beginning, we couldn't find experienced entrepreneurs we had to explain what is wellness. And today we can find experienced entrepreneurs, founders, and you know, and you can find very interesting companies in Israel as we speak. So for us, it's also something changed. As Susie said, you know, COVID-19 gave it the push. So maybe um, the wellness tech is the one of the winners of, of this pandemic. Um, and, and, and it's very good timing. For we'll us. add to that that we see a lot of um, serial entrepreneurs coming from cybersecurity, from fintech, that I think because of the COVID, they're looking for something more in impact. Um, so they're establishing wellness technology startups now, which is amazing for us as investors. You know, it's been um, absolutely incredible to really understand and absorb the power of the government support for innovation. That is something I feel like, you know, the world needs to really understand that this is the model that, you know, if you, and, and certainly the discipline of the army, the, the sort of camaraderie, what you learn there, the, the, the kind of working together all the time. And then the idea that you can have ideas that get support from the government is, is just an incredible thing. Um, I can see why that would really power innovation here and it's um it's something that we're going to be talking about at the summit we're going to bring the innovation authority we're going to bring the people from the government who who do this and it's not just in um innovation in technologies but it's the way your healthcare system works it's the digital health it's all those things together but but it's you know private and public sectors coming together um ha is really a, a very interesting i'm not sure everybody knows that story but we're going to tell it so Susie, you mentioned the convergence between wellness and health that was very interesting can you share a few more trends that you see today in the Global Wellness Institute? Happy to share trends. And that is something, as Nancy had mentioned, that is a passion of mine. And that's what happens at the summit. We look at and we listen to people from all over the world and what is trending. So every year we come out with our top 10 list of top 10 wellness trends for 2022 uh, this year. And we are always looking way ahead. So it isn't just, you know, in general. But I'll just give you very quickly what the trends are, and uh, people can learn more about them on our website. Uh, the first trend we called dirty wellness, and it is about the importance of soil health. And the second trend is toxic muscularity comes clean. We are making the point and pointing out that, you know, how uh, we're pretty aware that there's issues for a lot of women with the way they look and how they feel, but also with men and boys. So we need to pay attention to that. Uh, number three is from wellness tech 
to technological wellness. That's clearly, and you all know this better than anyone, is that there are lots of things in tech um, now to help wellness. But there's also the issue of are some of these tech um, involvements uh, part of the problem? So that's something. Uh, number four is senior living disrupted. Uh, we're seeing that seniors want to live in a wellness environment, so there's some new models there. Number five is wellness travel. Uh, right now, in fact, we spoke with someone, Nancy, just the other day, uh, who's in the travel world, and she said everybody who's traveling is interested in wellness because they want to and need to recover and feel better. So wellness travel is about seekers being welcome to explore. Uh, number six is innovative tech closing the gender gap in medical research. And this is um, clearly, and, and you know, some people might know this, that there isn't as much research for women as there is for men. But now with technology, there are ways to uh, be gathering information through technology, and that's bringing more uh, innovation and more results for women. So innovative tech closing the gender gap. Number seven is urban bathhouses and wellness playgrounds. And um, what's happening, and I just spoke, Nancy, with a gentleman from Terame, who they are doing these huge playgrounds uh, where there are a million people a year going. Uh, it's not expensive. It's, you know, democratizing wellness. Uh, but places where families can come and enjoy uh, doing thermal, uh, you know, things, but also kids, uh, uh, what do they call water slides and so on, but also saunas and so on. So it's wellness playgrounds. We're seeing that. Uh, number eight is next gen uh, nat uh, naturalism. One trend we've been seeing for sure is nature because of people, you know, with COVID staying home, people want to be out in nature. And it's not just uh, high end, it is, you know, going camping, getting involved with natural, even survival uh, kinds of things. Number nine is health and wellness coaching is now getting certified. I mean, we've always had, you know, coaches, but now it's a step up where the coaches are really well-trained to help with behavior change, talking about impact. And number 10 trend is wellness welcomes the metaverse. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of in response to the fact that our world was a little late to the party <laughs> with technology, but now we're not going to be late to the metaverse. Uh, so we are already talking about what we're going to do in the wellness um, arena in the metaverse. And we're doing the competition in the Global Wellness Summit. So that's exactly it. Exactly. I want to add just one thing to the wellness travel trend, and that is the person that Susie referenced, Tova Wald, is a person here in Israel who has put together our pre- and post-summit trips. One of the things that's um, a big part of every summit we do every year is we put together and we work with somebody locally to put together wellness travel experiences before and after the summit. And that is a huge draw for our global audience. So it was in, in keeping with the trend of wellness travel, we're working with Tova and, and there are incredible trips that have been put together for delegates only. And you know, with your having the Dead Sea here, that's so magical and exciting for our whole world. They want to learn more about, you know, what that's all about. So the trips, and like you said, Nancy, it's a bucket list place to come. So the, uh, yeah, the trips are very, very important. And, uh, you know, you have some new fabulous places here, like Six Senses and, um, you know, a few others. So, yep. 
we'll highlight those. Wonderful. So we conducted a few wellness innovation competitions together, um, which were very successful. So we had over 200 companies apply from all over the world. Um, so Nancy, I was wondering, what are you expecting from our upcoming competition of Web 3.0? Well, we're, we're doing a call for innovations um, and a competition which we're just about to announce. Uh, we're going to have terrific judges and hopefully submissions from all over the world from people doing very, very innovative and interesting things. We'll bring some top finalists to the summit in Israel. Um, but this year, your submission has got to be connected to the metaverse to Web3. This is not going to be, you know, it, it has to be very focused. I think, according to Amir, we may be the very first um, competition to be in the uh, wellness metaverse. So you've, you've got to have a business that connects wellness in the metaverse. And that's going to be the competition. We're extremely, extremely excited about it. And I also just want to say that there's a student competition that we also always do, which is the Shark Tank of Wellness. Amir has been a judge, has been a shark. I was. Um, very sharky, I might add. Um, but, you know, you have high standards here for innovation. And that's where students who are at universities all over the world, matriculated students, um, uh, have fill out a form online. There's a submission. There's a, a video they have to do, a business plan, all these things they have to submit. And then we have a panel of judges who judge blind all of those submissions. And then the, la the final three are brought to the summit with their professor. And they present on stage to the sharks and to our global delegates. Incredible exposure. Lucky students who get to be part of the summit for three days. Um, and those are all wellness innovations. So, you know, we really focus on innovation a lot ourselves. And then, of course, being here even more so. Yeah, the Shark Tank competition is really uh, something uh, something else. I was uh, I enjoyed a lot to be a shark. And I think that... The fact it's in Israel um, will give it uh, a, a push. In Israel, there are so many students. In so so they, many they've got to apply. I just want to say, the Israeli students, where are you? <laughs> if, you're, if you're hearing this or your folks are hearing this, get them to apply to the Shark Tank. There yeah. is $10,000 in prize money, $10,000 US dollars in prize money given out between three um, finalists. And, um, and we have not yet received applications from Israeli students. So come on. Yeah, please, please do. And the lots of global exposure. And may I just say that the way to apply is to go to the website, globalwellnesssummit.com. And you go there and that'll get you to where you can apply. And it's pretty easy to do so. And I, I have a feeling we're going to have a lot of applicants. We haven't really announced it yet. But uh, my goodness, I'm hopeful that we'll have a winner from Israel. That would be great. But it's a blind judging, so you never know. Before you, we wrap up, Susie, how about a few quick fire questions? Ooh. Okay. So what's the moment you decided to make wellness your main profession? You know... I would say that even when I was in grade school, I my my parents. I have the photos, by the way. <laughs> my uh, my parents were um, athletes, so even in grade school, I was drawn to physical activity, and I was aware that there were people that were not so healthy, overweight, etc., and people that were, and it 
just, you know, always bothered me that, you know, something that someone could, you know, have a, a voice in or a, a handle in changing, um, you know, what could we do to help? So, I mean, if I have to go back. And then, of course, I went to um, school and I went to graduate school and I started in the spa industry in the 70s. That's many decades ago. And um, when I saw that, you know, this is in the 70s, how the need for health and wellness has grown over the years. And obesity, I mean, that has, you know, become a huge issue over the last decades. Uh, it just has always been a good fit. And I should also mention that the beauty industry, personal care, is a big part of wellness. Yeah, and um, in fact, uh, when we have the, do the economy numbers, it is the largest uh, bubble, as we call it, uh, personal care and beauty. So it's that combination with wellness that has just resonated uh, with me and with a lot of people in the world. And so once I got in involved with this industry, staying there was just a natural. So Nancy, what was the moment you decided to make wellness your main profession? Well, um, I have a different, uh, a, a different journey uh, to that, to that place. And the, um, the moment was when the Dalai Lama took the stage. Um, so I, you know, for me, my, my entire career has been in um, a creative, creative fields. Um, I've you know, worked with, I've worked in children's television. I've, I've worked in muse with museums, mounting exhibits for artists. I've, I've done a lot of creative work. Um, and I have my own uh, production company for years and years in New York, uh, doing big strategic events. Um, and so I didn't, I, I happened into this, um, through my own creative production work. And, um, I realized when I was in India that this was a, this was an organization, this was an event with a soul. I'd done a ton of events all over the world, but this was something. And that's when I realized that the, the purpose of this, the mission of this was so important. And frankly, working with Susie from that moment, that first moment was a real life-changing thing for me just because we got along so well, we have such complementary um, skills, we love working together, we have such a good time, and that is one of the most important things in the world to me. One of the most important things in the world to me is the people I work with and how I feel about them. And because otherwise it's absolutely meaningless to me. I don't care what it is if I'm not having, if I'm not loving the people I work with and having a good time doing it and doing something good in the process. And I mean, you know, Susie could decide, you know, tomorrow that she's going to make tires for bicycles and I would <laughs> be happening. right, I would be right there with her being the uh, chief creative bicycle officer. <laughs> Nancy nice. and I do love working together, and we're quite different, and it's perfect that, you know, our talents sort of um, intersect, they don't sort of intersect, they, they what, intertwine. We, yeah, they're, they're just, they're perfect, it's like really gears that click. Yeah. Yes. And we hope you won't... Uh fix tires soon and keep you know working in the wellness keep in industry the wellness. <laughs> did you want to do this rapid fire are we supposed to answer these quickly uh, this was going to be a lightning round right okay. okay okay so Susie, what's your own personal wellness routine how do you treat your body and soul every morning i either go outside to um, get fresh air and jog or and do a walk jog or i go to the gym each morning i um, do intermittent fasting i don't 
like to eat breakfast, so I have uh, breakfast late. And uh, so, and I, I love massages, and I get one every two weeks. And, um, and I do meditate. I have to say, I, I don't allow a lot of bad news into my head. That's a good one. This is, this is the way in which Susie and I are absolutely alike. People will say to us, did you see the thing? And we're like, no, absolutely not. I don't watch the news. I, I can't. My partner watches the news and I try not to. I, that's when I go and I set out the coffee cups for the next morning or I go do the dishes or do something else. Um, I don't like to watch the news. I like to walk. I live in New York. I like to walk in New York and I meditate. I do transcendental meditation. Uh, twice a day, which I find is the the greatest um, calming, centering effect. Um, and I spend a lot of time with family and people that I love, with friends. I think uh, that's the, the most important thing, you know. So uh, yes. we all, you have also grandchildren. And I have grandchildren that I adore. And I have a best friend for 60 years. Um, and we speak every day. And um, and she is, she is my sort of North Star and, um, and I think, Susie, you have that with your sister, with your twin sister. I think it's really important. You know, there's somebody that you can talk to about everything. There's somebody that um, knows your whole history and loves you anyway. And, um, and so that's very important. Family, number one. I we agree. agree. We agree. Yeah, definitely. So Susie, Nancy, it was truly enlightening to have you with us today. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom on the wellness industry. Um, we're looking forward to the Global Wellness Summit in October and expecting hundreds of delegates from around the world. It was a wonderful week together, introducing you to our tech ecosystem and planning the amazing summit. And obviously, we can't wait to see you in October. We can't wait to be back. We're excited. And thank you for your hospitality and um, I would say that I'm even more excited now that I've been here and seeing uh, the technology uh, ecosystem and, you know, all of the things we've been reading about and hearing about. So I am so glad, Amir, that you came to our Mexico City Summit. Now, I remember when, um, when I introduced you, because I always introduce if there's someone from a new country, and I think we had three new countries that year. I don't remember the other two, but we had you from Israel. And um, wow, now look at us. Here we are. Yeah, yeah, that's very exciting. And uh, we are very happy you're here. We'll make this summit the best. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.